99.1, the sports animal. I'm Vince Ferrar. Time to talk some NFL. We bring in our friend from the NFL Network. You see him there as a reporter for the network. You can follow him on Twitter at Weish89. That's W-Y-C-H-E-89. The great Steve Weish joins us here in Knoxville. Steve, great to see you. How are you? I'm doing well, Vince. You're looking great, man. You've uh, you've made it through thus far. Looks like you get a little, little bit of that uh, that gray you know, stubble on the chin there. <laughs> it's nice working from home, isn't it? It, it is. It is. And it's nice that we're getting football back on our TV. And Absolutely. It's going to be in the NFL. I, I don't want to make this a COVID visit with you because we've been there, done that. You're tired of it. And fans want to hear football information and opinions from you. But just your overall thoughts on how well camp has gone in terms of the NFL handling health and safety measures. Yeah, it, it's been incredible. And look, the credit, I mean, I know the NFL, the NFLPA set the protocols in place, but the credit goes to the player staffers and coaches. I think there's been four positive tests among players over the past three weeks. The fact that they have remained disciplined because this is a training camp. A lot of times teams stay in dorms or hotels. Majority of players are going home right now. So credit to them for not doing anything crazy, for making sure that their families didn't do anything to jeopardize themselves or them. That's a huge credit, again, to those players, coaches, and staffers of really keeping the focus on getting this football season started off on time with everybody healthy. Um, Again, I I can't say enough. I mean, and the fact that the league has adjusted and evolved with some of its policies. Again, it's going to be fluid all season long, and we'll see if this keeps up. For 17 regular season weeks, but right now it's it's things are looking very positive. Well, one of the biggest news items this week was the Jaguars releasing Leonard Fournette, and then we saw that the Buccaneers have signed Leonard Fournette. What was your reaction to both of those moves this week? So glad you asked me first off, the Jaguars <laughs> side of things. Because to me, once again, now they're two years away of being from being two years away. Okay, this is a team when you look at guys like Jalen Ramsey. Blake Bortles, you know, Calais Campbell, they keep bringing guys in here and then letting them go. They keep having all of these top 10 draft picks. And then when it's time to resign them, they trade them or let them walk. Okay, great. You got a bounty of draft picks back, but does that mean you're going to let them walk in four years when it's time to extend? What is the plan? I mean, they're, they're not going to be a competitive football team this year. Um, they say they're trying to get things right to get a certain culture. Doug Marone, and GM Dave Caldwell might not be there to see that culture change through because they've been on this hamster wheel of recycling draft picks and getting rid of top-tier talent that goes and helps other teams year after year. Now, for the Buccaneers, we'll see what Fournette, how he fits in. I think first four games for them, we're going to see an evolution of their offense. They're going to try to figure things out, what, what Brady likes to do, what Arians likes to do, and they're going to be much better over the final three quarters of the season. And this is where Fournette's got to find his way. And if he's motivated – He's someone who could be a huge, huge help, you know, against a division that frankly has one really good defense in New Orleans. That's going to be a pass-happy defense. But if he gives the Buccaneers a run-pass threat to give them the option to grind it, grind it out with Ronald Jones um, when the passing game's not working, I mean, this is, this is another reason why the Buccaneers could be there at the end. Visiting with Steve Weiss from the NFL Network, Steve and Jim Trotter host a new podcast called Huddle and Flow, which brings listeners unfiltered, enlightening, and entertaining conversations about important issues around the NFL. That's quite the do. I know it's going to be a lot of fun for you guys, Steve. Yeah, we're entering the podcast realm, um, which is going to allow, you know, Jim and I are former writers, you know, and as writers, it's our jobs, you know, to describe pictures and words and things with, with no video images. So 
that's kind of what we're doing in the podcast world. And we're going to hit on football. It's going to be heavily football. But Jim and I are both, you know, graduates of Howard University. We're two black men where you really don't see this in the podcast realm when it comes to talking sports. So we're going to highlight some HBCUs along the process. But we're also going to talk pop culture. We'll get into we'll get into things going on in society and politics. But again, it's going to be heavily NFL driven. And our first guest is Washington football team head coach Ron Rivera. And we recorded the interview already. And Vince, I can tell you, get your headline writers ready because it's it's there's a lot of, uh, of deep, deep stuff that we get into with Ron. And we had him on intentionally because of our relationship and history with him, um, the trust that we have with him. And we knew that he would be candid and he was that and then some. Wow. Must listen. It debuts next Tuesday, September 8th, and new episodes will drop every Tuesday. Ron Rivera, and you guys got Anthony Lynn, Chargers coaches as well, coming up, right? Yeah, we're going to try to get Anthony on. We are having some potential scheduling conflicts. Um, So if we don't get him on this week, we will probably have them on after their, have him on after their home opener against the Chiefs. So, I mean, that's, as you know, scheduling guests from time to time, it's, uh, you know, you got to be flexible. And with this unprecedented kind of setup we have in terms of these teams trying to get things ready with COVID and media-wise trying to find availability and trying to work around everything because we can't get there in person and things like that, it's tough to always lock things in. So hopefully we get them this week. If not, he'll be on within the first two or three weeks of the uh, podcast. So is one of you huddle and the other flow, or is it just the two concepts? It's the concept. And, of course, we're playing this off the movie Hustle and Flow, which I believe took place in Memphis, the other side of your state. That's right. Which also featured two Howard products, Anthony Anderson and Taraji Henson. Okay. So, but also, you know, it's letting, letting people know, like, hey, we're going we're gonna to talk about football, but we're also going to be current. You know, we're going to talk about what's going on in the world and culture. And, you know, it's, it's going to be good. It's, it's going to succeed. It's going to do really, really well. And, you know, hopefully the folks there and, and your market in Tennessee take a listen because we're going to be touching on a lot of things that will impact them as well. Absolutely. Looking forward to visiting with Steve Weiss for the NFL Network here on Sports Talk. Something that's very important to Tennessee fans, obviously, is those former balls that they call VFLs in the National Football League. And as marquee one is you'll find in the NFL is Alvin Kamara. It was interesting. He did a press conference early in camp. He said, I'm not worried about my contract right now. My agent handles that. I'm all good. And then he had those unexcused absences from camp. What's your assessment of that situation between Kamara and the Saints in New Orleans? Well, first off, this was a stellar game of public jousting uh, when it comes to this. You know, the, the Saints saying, hey, we're going to trade him. You know, he, he's available. And then the next day, Kamara's back at practice or talking contract. It seems like everything's going to work out. I mean, for everything I've heard and just kind of the thread you can see here, it seems like they were down the line in contract negotiations. For whatever reason, something buckled. Something did not work. Alvin got upset, tried to leverage the Saints. Saints got upset, tried to leverage him by saying he's available in a trade. And everyone said, okay, let's get back to this because we know that we're both best with each other and for each other. So I think they'll get something done before week one. It's always about the money, right? Yes. (laughs) You've told me that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It is. Yeah, no doubt. All right. The NFC West is so interesting to me, the way the Seahawks have have improved the 49ers. You know, you hear about what teams that lose the Super Bowl, how they drop off, and they've had some injuries. How do you assess that division that looks to be so strong? Yeah, living in L.A., I mean, this is a division I'm, I'm most familiar with. And look, the Niners... The one thing, you know, a lot of teams that lose the Super Bowl, you, you tend to have players that want that are at the end of their contracts. They leave in free agency or you have coaches 
that get pilfered to other teams. That did not happen with the 49ers. And I actually went up to one of their practices in training camp, and they look better now than they, than they did, like, at the midpoint of last season. A big reason is that is they got Trent Williams. Remember the left tackle for Washington, who didn't play last year because of a contract dispute because of health concerns about the medical staff there. He's dominant, right? They had Joe Staley there for years, and to see somebody step in and fill that spot and be more athletic and more physically imposing, Jimmy Garoppolo's blind side is well protected. Defensively, they are just so loaded. They've got linebackers for days. They've got rushers for days. So I think it's still the 49ers, a team to beat. You know, the Seahawks always have an opportunity with number three. They just signed Josh Gordon. We'll see if he can give them anything uh, because of his up-and-down history in the NFL. Defensively, it's interesting because, you know, they don't have the pass rushers that they did with that Legion of Boom defense. But getting Jamal Adams back there at safety is going to allow them to do some things. So they're going to be in it. The Rams are the team that I'm really, you know, questioning right now. They've, they've got some good skilled players uh, defensively. They don't have the name pass rushers or linebackers. Aaron Donald is the man. Very good secondary with Jalen Ramsey. Another former Jag. But I, I just don't know if that offensive line is going to be good enough. They didn't make the playoffs last year. I think it's going to be a push for them to get to the playoffs. Arizona, a team of intrigue because they got DeAndre Hopkins. Their defense is going to be better. Team to watch, flying under the radar a little bit. So, again, it's up for grabs, but the Niners are the team to beat. Steve Weiss to the NFL Network joining us here on Sports Talk. on Vince Ferrara, Huddle and Flow podcast. Steve and Jim Trotter every Tuesday starting next week. Steve, final thing with you. Got to squeeze in a Titans question. What is your expectation this season in Titans starting quarterback Ryan Tannehill? Yeah, no, look, this is, that's a great question. That's, that's the million-dollar question. Because last year he came in, helped salvage their season, but they didn't put a lot on him. It was all on King Henry. But the thing that Tannehill did when it was put on him is he delivered. And so, you know, people want to know if he can do that for a full 16. Uh, We know their offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith, did a very good job designing an offense. We know teams are going to load up on Derrick Henry to see if he can beat him. But I think with those receiving weapons, I mean, no one talks about how good of a receiving core they have. And Johnny Smith, a, a tight end, and just all the wide guys, they should be very good. I mean, this is a team we need to start talking about more and more in the hunt for the AFC. Because I think what Mike Vrabel has established there, they don't seem like the type of team that's going to take a huge dip. It's just that, that division, the AFC South, I mean, if Phillip Rivers is the 2018 and earlier Phillip Rivers and not the 2019 Phillip Rivers, the Colts are going to be in it. The Texans are always dangerous because of Deshaun Watson. And like I said, the Jaguars are two years away from being two years away. No doubt. The script doesn't change with the Jags for sure. That's Steve Weiss, reporter for the NFL Network at Weiss89. Don't forget, Huddle and Flow podcast drops next Tuesday with Washington football head coach Ron Rivera. Steve, thank you so much. Really appreciate you squeezing us in. I know you're really busy. Great to talk to you and always nice to see you on video as well. Stay safe out there, right? You're the best, Vince. Save that stubble off, man. Look 10 years younger with a clean-shaven face. (laughs) Will do. (laughs) Will do. Get to it right away. You got it, brother. Take care.